You're listening to the Build Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN, your go-to for another fall sports season across the Dakotas, with 42 live football broadcasts from the Missouri Valley, the NSIC, the GPAC, and the high school ranks coming your way, not to mention Summit League and NSIC Volleyball and Soccer, plus award-winning original programs like Midco Sports Magazine, Day by Day, and the return of Varsity Sports Live, Friday nights at 10.30, the best high school football highlight show in the region. That's Midco SN. This is how we sports and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shapes Podcast, episode five of season two, episode number 42 in total, coming to you on a Monday morning, September the 9th. This is kind of a, as you look now off pod, Bill, we were just talking about how things are really are in full swing. School is underway. Everybody's got a week or two of fall sports under their belt. This really is, you know, trees trees are starting to turn colors a little bit. Fall is really here 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it, Alex. And, uh, you know, second week of school as well. So academics, it, it kind of really... You know, on a college campus, that first week, you know, there's a lot of frenzied, I guess, activity because you get a lot of, you know, new people on campus and they're trying to find their way. And then with the construction that's going on, I think really it, it, it's taken all of our students to kind of figure out where all the student services are on campus because of the more Memorial Union going down. But I will say this, uh, our student affairs folks have done a tremendous job and our facilities people making sure that there's just a lot of uh, information that that's out there so that, you know, students and, and quite frankly, faculty and staff know where to go on campus. But yeah, things have settled a little bit and uh, now you get into uh, now you get into a rhythm. Yeah. Syllabus shock is over. People are off and running. It's it's a good that second, third week of school. Always. That's a, that's a fun time of year. You kind of get a chance to get your groove a little bit. Yeah, I always kind of feel like when the U.S. Open has ended you kind of, it's really school time now, right? I mean, the Labor Day, uh, sometimes it may coincide with Labor Day, but sometimes it doesn't. But now that, you know, the men's final, which was awesome, by the way, last night, it oh was far far better than the football game. But uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day... Um, Depends who you ask, Bill. Well, yeah, let's start there. I'm looking at your jersey and it's really, it's giving me problems, but there's that. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I, I, I'd say that, you know, we're we're ready to roll. Our, our student athletes, obviously the fall ones have been here for a good month, month plus, you know, and so, uh, but we're rolling, uh, you know, a lot of, a uh, lot of data points now to discuss. Yeah. And that's, that's the fun about this is that some of the unknowns now start to become a little more crystallized. Now that teams have had a couple of weeks to get some games in uh, a lot to recap on the pod this week. Plus we'll look ahead uh, to what's coming up again. It, it, now teams have, have kind of traveled a bit. Some teams are coming home. Some teams are still on the road. Um, one team, of course, that was on the road this past week and, and got a chance to play their oldest and greatest rival, uh, North Dakota football, uh, taking on North Dakota State and Fargo. Obviously, the result was not what UND fans were hoping for, a tough 38-7 defeat. But I think the atmosphere around the game and the excitement and the buildup and all those things, and really the first 30 minutes, were about what you would hope for in, in a great rivalry matchup like this. Yeah, you know, we we talk a lot a lot of soccer on the B side for sure, but you know, it kind of felt like at 14-7 or 21-7 we had to answer. We had to answer and it's almost like being up two goals or you know, if someone gets the third goal, it kind of puts it out of reach and you know, um and you got to give North Dakota State credit. They they did what they had to do and uh um and, you know, they kind of put the game away in the second half. But I thought, you know, our guys certainly held their own in the first half. And, uh, you know, a couple more big plays here or there. Uh, and you never know how that could could play itself out. But I'll say this is that, 
you know, that was just week two of 11 tests that you get. Yeah. And we went down to, you know, what has been the best FCS program in the country on their home turf. And I think there's a lot of things we can learn, uh, especially going into next, uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. Like you said, it's a long season, you know, and this is obviously one chapter of it. And you could tell over the course of the game, North Dakota State started to just wear UND down physically. It was a, as a 10 minute difference in time of possession. They obviously had a big advantage on the ground. And some of those things eventually, you know, just kind of take its toll. And you could see that over the course of the third and fourth quarter that they just, they just had the ball more than UND did. And, and that ended up being the difference in the contest. As Bubba said, they played a little keep away, right? And so, and then at that point, you know, for us, I, I think when you're going to go up against a, a, a team in the way, you know, they've been playing in recent recent years is you have to move the sticks. You've got to keep the ball a little bit. And, uh, you know, um, you know, we, we did it certainly on that one drive, which was really methodical. It was a great drive. So uh, I just think there's some things that we can take from it that's going to make us better this upcoming week. And I think the week's ahead. I should ask, you had a chance now to kind of chat with people, and certainly we're, we're in amongst everyone before the game as well. Did the, did the rivalry atmosphere at least kind of live up to the expectation from, from folks you've talked to? People, people happy with kind of how this, this came together? I think so. You know, I, I, I think, you know, we had a, a, just a tremendous uh, alumni function uh, at the Air Museum prior to the game. And that was just awesome. And just uh, kudos to everyone involved that, that made that happen. And uh, I, you know what, Alex, it kind of felt like the folks that have seen this rivalry up close and personal for so many years uh, are now trying to figure out how to get back into it to some degree. Now that you play annually, we're going to have a shot. And so yeah. it's, it's still kind of maybe had that feel of a one-off a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, it, it, but now all of a sudden you play again next year, then they're coming to Grand Forks. Now we're going. And yeah. I think that should be exciting for all of us. Yeah. You mentioned those uh, UND tailgates beforehand. Um, I was in the stadium uh, some of our Midwest and crew had a chance to go out and kind of do some man on the street conversations with fans as they were coming in and, and, and talking to UND folks. A lot of the folks just said how happy they were that this was happening again and how this is a game that really brings the state together. And maybe if you're obviously on opposite sides of the fence, you're together and you're and you're separate. But it, there were just some things about it that everyone we talked to just seemed to be happy that this was happening and this was going to be in their lives now moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think both teams, you know, uh, will be excited about that because, you know, for sure, I, I, I think for three hours or three plus hours, the state itself is going to be dialed in. And I, you just love how the fact that you're either going to have homes that are divided, right? I mean, that, that are and that, that just is great. I mean, in so many ways. And uh, But we just have to do a good job moving forward. Matt Larson and myself, I think there's some opportunities that we have to really potentially help the state, uh, you know, through this platform called football and athletics, and especially for the state of North Dakota. And I just hope we can be really thoughtful moving forward. We'll take, obviously, input from a lot of different people, uh, you know, maybe student bodies, alums, you know, folks in Bismarck. And I I just think we need to be really, really thoughtful because we have just a tremendous opportunity again to rekindle this, uh, this rivalry. 
Yeah. Exciting days ahead, exciting opportunities ahead as this becomes an annual tradition once again in the state of North Dakota. For UND now, you get a chance to turn the page and you have to turn it pretty quickly because you have another ranked opponent coming to town this coming Saturday. Sam Houston State is again in the top 25. They're they're coming off a 77-0 win, albeit over a NAIA school this past weekend, but a high-powered team that comes to Grand Forks a year after they were beaten down uh, in, on the outskirts of Houston. Big game this weekend, Bill, against a, a pretty good Sam team coming up north. Yeah, you know, every game, obviously, when you only play 11 of them this year, uh, you know, others are going to play 12 potentially, but every game's huge. And so, you know, start there. But uh, but this one is a big one. Protect home turf. Uh, you know, uh, we start off really with uh, just uh, an, an amazing amount of FCS, uh, I guess, powers in, in all that gives you opportunity. And so, you know, we just have to figure out how we can correct some of the things maybe that occurred this past Saturday and then uh, use it to our advantage going forward. But uh, I think in some ways, Alex, it's it's really good because you could come off a loss from like, say, an NDSU and maybe, you know, I, I don't know, you don't want to let last week's loss beat you this week as well. And so yeah. at the end of it all, you know, you, you've got to make sure you're dialed in because this is this is a perennial FCS power that's coming to Grand Forks. Yeah, four o'clock on Saturday. It, of course, is a part of Potato Bowl week, which is always a lot of fun. I know the weather maybe was going to be a little up and down this week, but hopefully, you know, French fry feed coming up midweek, the parade. There is a lot that goes along with this particular game because of the event itself. Thanks for a fun time on campus and around the city of Grand Forks. It really does. And, you know, I appreciate everyone that, that uh, um, you know, has put on the potato bowl for, for many, many years now. And so uh, it just adds another layer of uh, festivities around the game. So it's just, uh, it should be uh, real exciting. I believe the 54th edition of the potato bowl. So it's been going on for a while. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it'll be good. And then we've got our booster luncheon uh, the day before at the sure. Alaris Center. So, you know, I'm sure we'll have uh, members of the commission there that day as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, awesome stuff. It's a fun week. And then, of course, a big football game coming up on Saturday at four o'clock. There are some things that I know when it, when you get your first home date out of the way from a facility standpoint and an operational standpoint, you get a chance to kind of look back and think, all right, did everything that we wanted to try work? And some of the new, how did the new things go? How did the old things go? Do we want to change some things? Uh, you and your team have had a chance to kind of look back at that. And there maybe will be some changes in store now coming up here for game number two of the home portion of the season this weekend. Yeah, probably no different than what you all are doing with Midco, right? I mean, as you head into the year, right? I mean, oh, to correct. some level, I mean, you probably, uh, you know, it's, sometimes, you know, it, it, it sounds good around a table and maybe, it, you know, the implementation, uh, it can always be uh, interesting. But once you go live, you know, you do learn some things. But I think the outside, I'll call it the tailgating and all that, I thought went really, really uh, good. I mean, we, uh, um, you know, we didn't hear a whole lot uh, uh, in regards to that. The one I would say we probably heard a little bit, Alex, was us going with the uh, digital programs. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, that was a decision that was made uh, for a variety of reasons, really. I mean, I probably know different than why newspapers have either gone digitally or maybe they haven't uh, printed every single day or tickets sure. have gone digitally. I mean, if you go to the final four, you know, your ticket is on your phone at this point in time. And so, uh, or no different than a boarding pass going into, uh, you know, going on an airline. So, so all those same reasons are, are the reasons why we've gone down that path. Uh, you know, we, we just had a lot of, uh, a lot of programs that were ne- 
never sold. Let's, let's start there. So there's certainly probably a little financial concern or environmental concern, but I also think our app is pretty slick. And I, and I think at the end of the day, if you do have the correct technology and you have our app, the program will be there. The one thing we missed on, and I, and I think we heard feedback, and I think you know we can correct a little bit this week going forward, is to have a few more flip cards uh, available. And I, I'd say that flip cards in our vernacular, we know that those are rosters on the front and the back. And, and we're going to have a few more of those available available, readily available, and then the QR code as well. And, uh, and you know, I think if we can do those two things, especially even pregame, if we can send that out to our season ticket holders, and maybe they can even print at home as well, that could be an option. So, so we have heard and we're trying to uh, adjust accordingly going into this week. All the great ones make adjustments, you know, and that's what this is all about. Yeah, they, they do. The great ones do make adjustments. And I, what I learned too, and I, I just was, you know, I've heard QR codes, uh, you know, and I just didn't know what QR stood for. And you know, it's quick response. Yeah. I mean, I've always heard it, you know, it's, a, it's your basic barcode, but right, at the yeah. end of the day, scan the barcode and, and, and boom comes the, uh, the actual, I guess, program, if you will. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I, who knows, I, I'm sure somewhere along the line that was probably done in the Silicon Valley somewhere along, <laughs> <laughs> who knows, but, but at the end, um, I, you know, we're just trying to be thoughtful. Um, we're going to bring some of those, uh, I'll call them flip cards to our luncheon on Friday, uh, go to the champions club as well, and then have more readily available available at the game itself. But, you know, as far as the programs are concerned, you know, I think we're, we're heading in a, in a digital direction and that's the direction we're going to stay in. Yeah. And those are, those are tough choices. Cause I think there's that balance between wanting to have something tangible to bring home from your experience that you put in a scrapbook or you hang on to, but I think you're right. I think the majority of people now have just sort of gravitated away from that. And that's a, that's a big expense to print all those things off when only a small percentage end up getting sold. So that's, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of things that, that would make that decision a good one for the university and, and really, like you said, for, for the folks that are attending. Well, there, there's almost there's a human resource issue as well. I mean, our, our folks in communications would be really grinding on a Monday right now to get the change pages that need to be done done. They have a little bit more of a window of space right now because it's digital. And so, so the opportunity even to, to work within the confines of the resources you have, whether it be human or otherwise, makes a whole lot of sense for us too. Yeah, thinking smarter, work, work harder. Or work smarter, not hard. Whatever the whatever the yeah, <laughs> whatever you know, and we get it. There, yeah. You know, there's going to be some folks that are going to be you know not excited and not happy with it. But it, we're not the only ones that have gone this direction. In mm-hmm. fact, I went to a Winnipeg Blue Bomber game. They were doing the same thing, and you know they offered the flip card back and forth, but they did the same thing. And so, right. so I, I think it's kind of the wave of what's transpiring. But uh, but we also have to be sensitive to try to meet uh, as many people as as much as we can to to kind of make their experience as good as it can be yeah well, that's coming up four o'clock on saturday again sam houston state uh the official polls again we're recording this on monday morning the polls haven't officially come out yet but there'll be a top 25 team somewhere in there they had been 25 23 it kind of depends on what poll you look at so be on the lookout for that a big game coming up in the potato bowl this weekend from the alaris center north dakota football was on the road so was und volleyball uh, weekends that Maybe didn't quite go as as you'd hope from from a volleyball perspective out in Rhode Island, but still went one and three. Had a nice comeback win uh, over Marist. There's some positive things to take for this young team, despite the fact they only got one victory out of four out east. 
Yeah, Matt Shear, uh, who who handles uh, volleyball from a communication standpoint on our staff, we were sitting next to each other um, at the football game in Fargo, and uh, you know he did kind of remind me again that many of our student athletes that are playing on that team that was still their first uh, exposure to to Division One uh, volleyball, and so this team's going to grow. I mean, there's no question about it. I think you know, is you know, we kind of flipped the script from the week before, right? We were three and one the week before. We were one and three this past week, and we're sitting at four and four. And so uh, you know, we head back onto the road again. The other side of it is too, you know, again, as we know, all these volleyball trips, you're always kind of on the road, even though it's neutral court for for some or, or really majority of the matches quite frankly but you're still on the road and still and so um so this this team's learning and uh you know i look forward to see what they do uh they're heading it, it seems like to the carolinas at this point in time so uh, north carolina central on uh, on thursday and then the citadel we like to play the citadel mm-hmm. i mean a north dakota citadel rivalry so we'll have to start something there yep. it's, it's really blossoming so we're gonna have to get back at them for what they did to our soccer team and so uh yeah so they'll be there and hopefully knock on wood the the, the weather will co- cooperate for them yeah certainly heard the hurricane uh, hurricane dorian that's making its way through that part of the world um you would, you'd hope would be blown out by then and be moving back off into the atlantic and be nothing and so hopefully that won't affect jeremiah tiffin and the ladies as they travel east but as you mentioned durham north carolina the site on thursday and then is it Bowie's creek north carolina Bowie's. does that sound right to you for the comfort in invite coming up this weekend's B-U-I-E-S. I'm assuming Bowie's. It's always funny when you see you see names of towns in a region that is not your own, that you're not familiar with. You know, you I'm probably, you, you could go with Bowie's too, maybe. Bowie's Creek. Bowie's Creek. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I, I would not feel comfortable uh, <laughs> suggesting what it is, though. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I respect that. I respect that choice. I'll put myself out there. I respect you maybe just holding off. So North Carolina, anyway, is the location. Uh, a couple of big opportunities again this weekend to keep getting some W's. And then, hey, home match is not that far off coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend with the UND Classic on the horizon. Well, it should be fun. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, with the three in a row on the road and then having an opportunity to come here in front of the home crowd, that'll be exciting for, uh, for the team, no doubt. Now, certainly just around the corner for that group. One team that has been at home this past weekend and took advantage of the home cooking women's soccer. A pair of wins, uh, one emphatic, a 6 nothing victory over Chicago State. And then one that was a bit of a nail-biter, a come-from-behind win over Hawaii on Sunday, a 2-1 to double overtime victory. Uh, there's something about this team with these double overtime wins, finding ways to get the job done. 4-1-1 one one now for Chris Logan and company early in the season. Yeah, and scored a late goal to tie it. And so I think it was the 88th minute. 88th, so, yeah. Yeah, yep. 88th minute. And so to be able to do that, it was funny. It's, it, you know, you watch enough soccer, you can kind of see how it all plays itself out in, in sort of where there's, how should I say, dangerous opportunities and you know we uh we we got two of them and and we cashed in boy i and, and you have to i mean that that's the game itself you, there's so few opportunities that you get especially when you get in those types of games you got to put it in the back of the net and so good for us yeah and uh you know that gives us an opportunity to uh be four one and one and we've got minot state coming in on tuesday here in Grand Forks. And so uh, uh, I think the team uh, is off to a great start and uh, should be a lot of fun moving forward. 
Yeah, that was a good Hawaii team, by the way. They had beaten North Dakota State, handed the Bison their first loss earlier in the week. So to come back again with that late Ashley Ebling goal and then Amy Iden with the game winner in double OT. Yeah, great chance to keep things going against Minot at home on Tuesday. And then, yeah, then finally their first, well, not their first, but another road trip for them down to Phoenix coming up on Sunday against Grand Canyon University on the horizon. So everybody kind of getting a chance to sample different parts of the United States here in non-conference. You got to love it. It's part of the deal, right? I mean, uh, and good for us to some degree. I mean, being in where we're located, you know, you, you get to many, you can just, you can go pretty much yeah. anywhere in the country, really. Yeah, so yeah. it just gives you an opportunity, whether it be uh, East Coast or West Coast. So uh, yeah, that'll be a tough one at Grand Canyon. A pretty good team. The Lopes usually pretty good. They're going to be pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so one to watch out for this coming Sunday. Uh, speaking of not traveling very far, I guess sticking closer to home, men's and women's golf opening up things. By the time you listen to this, the NDSU match play event will be over. That was taking place Monday, the day of recording, not the day of release, but a chance to kind of open up the Todd Schaefer era and year two for Crystal Sunderman. Good opportunity for the men and women to get a, a tournament in close to home. Yeah, I, I mean that's a good way to start. I think they're uh, they're playing at Oxbow, so it should be uh, should be good for both teams. I'm sure uh, a, a number of our kids have played played that country club. So uh, yeah, good yeah. way to start get, and get it going. And again, if you're not tracking golf, kind of has a split season, if you will. So they've got they've got matches both in the in the fall and then the championship side of their uh, their season is is in the spring. So uh, but this this kicks them off, so to speak. Yeah, good for them. By the way, when you look at that schedule, they get to finish their fall portion of the season in Hawaii. So not not too bad. It's it's a if if you're a good golfer, you know that's a nice little 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 carrot there for you to grind, to grind through the fall sports season before taking a break. You can work on your game certainly indoors, no doubt about it. But it's awesome. You try to get as many outside rounds as possible for our uh, for our teams. So uh, yeah, that's not a bad carrot. I this just in the AD will not be going on that trip. So just <laughs> FYI. So in case you were wondering, I mean, uh, I, I will be here doing whatever I do. Man, taking taking one for the team. I maybe would have tried to find a way on the plane for that one. Just maybe just to say, just to oversee what was going on. Yeah, you know, new coach. You want to see how they do. Make sure Todd's okay. Yeah, that's that's important. That's very important. No, probably probably a busy weekend. I'm going to guess at the end of October. A couple other things probably going on in Bill Chaves's world. A couple things. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just a couple. Just a few there. So, uh, well, again, a busy week on the way um, for our fall sports programs. Anything else, Bill, going on in your world? Other things you want to touch on from a UND perspective? The other, uh, I think cross country is heading uh, to Brookings, and so men's oh, and women. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah no worries. So uh, they're they're coming up. So the uh, you know we'll have a um, another uh, meet down there. Uh, the women and men will be uh, on that Friday. So uh, we'll see what transpires there. But uh, other than that, Alex, no, I think uh, I think that's about it. We're looking forward to just uh, a heck of a game at four o'clock on Saturday. And you know, I and thank you if you've got your tickets already uh, and plan on coming. But if you if you are a listener or you're, you're talking to somebody yeah encourage people to come it's going to be a fun game yeah nearly nine thousand in attendance for week one and that was over labor day weekend now you get a chance with everybody back and a big game on the horizon a chance to really come out and support bubba schweigert and this und football team again potato bowl four o'clock sam houston state don't don't miss that you won't want to miss that one uh you want to flip over to uh to a b-side conversation i think we can flip let's Let's, go let's, let's do it bill is of course a pittsburgh steelers fan and we have spoken on this podcast this season about Bill's thoughts about the Antonio Brown situation. And I gave my thoughts a couple weeks ago about how, you know, any this is a crazy man and everything has just kind of gone off the rails and it's been 
it's been a unique couple of weeks for this man that was once such a big part of your life. And and lo and behold, uh, <laughs> over the course of the weekend, uh, kind of a weird 48 hours, he gets released by the Raiders on a Saturday morning and then gets picked up by my team, the New England Patriots, on Saturday afternoon. And, and then the two get to play each other on Sunday night. There's just so much... I just want to know your thoughts right now, Bill, about how things have played out. Is there a bigger conspiracy in this whole thing that people are suggesting? What's what? What are your thoughts about how all this kind of shook down? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that I thought his time had come in Pittsburgh. So that's it. So let's. So whatever happens, you, you have no control over if you're the Steelers. They they had to make a choice on what was good for them, and what was good for them was to eat twenty million dollars in and basically buy a third and a fifth round draft pick. That's really what happened. And so now, if you're the Raiders, you gave up a third and a fifth for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing the Patriots or whomever else, one of the other 30 teams, which cut that in probably a third as far as what he would have been interested in going to. And can you fit him in? And do you want to fit him in? Yeah. And I would say, you know, Patriots are probably the perfect place for him. I mean, I think he'll he'll be fine for for four months and that's all you care about. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, he will. He'll he'll have a good year. I mean, he'll 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 catch balls. And what's the difference? I mean, the Steelers can't lose any worse than they did yesterday <laughs> to the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, it, it can only get better for them with yeah. Antonio there. It's almost like I, let's send him in, and maybe he can disrupt the apple cart a little bit. Because holy cow! I mean, yeah. they, they they've got weapons, and their defense is pretty good. You know, that, that secondary they is looked, really, really good. They looked really solid last night on that side of the football. That, that's been the joke is that this is this was Mike Tomlin's plan all along, that he was going <laughs> to somehow <laughs> find a way to get A.B. to end up in submarine the Patriots season this year. That would that would be some next level stuff right there if, he was, if, if, this, if this was the plan all along. Well, you know, the I'd say what yesterday Every team, you just can't overreact after week one. You just can't. I mean, we've just seen it too many times in the NFL. It's just yeah. things, you, you got to play it out over the course of time. In any season, you have to do that, no matter what program you're looking at. That, the ones that you know I'm, I'm affiliated with, obviously, here to oversee and, and paid to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Steelers – they have young receivers. They dropped some balls yesterday that they probably shouldn't drop. They're going to get better. They just are. I mean, they just started at the at the zenith yesterday, mm-hmm. and they're all fired up. They got their, they, you know, they got their banner. It's the other team that's got six as well, and it's just all of it, all of it. So, yeah, I didn't spend much, too much time with it. I was more about a Nadal <laughs> guy yesterday. Which was which was a good. You had five hours of it. You had a lot of Nadal to get the take in. That was a great match. Really fun match between Nadal and Medvedev. It was a great match. The other thing uh, that I didn't spend much time with was the Red Sox Yankees. No, I didn't. Didn't give that more than five minutes of screen time last night. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the other big part because today, as as we're potting, just about an hour or two ago, Dave Dombrowski has been fired as the president of baseball operations. You know, it's. It's a big move. Yeah, I know. I, I was surprised. I, I don't know. Maybe you're never surprised, right? But I, I, I think it, the he, the starting pitching really is what submarined this team this year. And but it was really the start of the year with the bullpen. And, and weirdly, the bullpen's been fine. 
lately. Yeah. It's really been like, what in a sense did you want him to do with the starting pitching? You you invested in it, and Rick Porcello's not had a good year. David Price hasn't pitched. So, I mean, those are problems. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, the bar is the bar at, at, in Boston. And, you know, when you don't make the playoffs, that's what happens. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, one year from winning a World Series, winning 108 games, you know, having this team, which looked like it was going to be really good for the foreseeable future with a good young core and this really expensive staff now is going to be, you know, a third place team in their division and is going to be looking for new ownership, really. It's crazy. Someone gets the blame, but I, I, I guess I, I, and you know, you said this, and we can go back in whatever pod number, and you didn't say it this way, but basically you said it was, they really didn't have a spring training. They really took it off. And and I'm not sure, was that a Dave Dombrowski you know, call? I don't know. I, I, re- I really don't know. I would assume that's probably an organizational call to some degree is that we're not going to put our pedal down in, in spring training, knowing what these guys were had to go through and the gauntlet that they had to go through last year, starting with the Yankees and then the Astros and the Dodgers. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, it's just interesting to me. Dave Dombrowski will be just fine. There's no problem there. And he's still got his ring and they had 119 mm-hmm. wins. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so there's all of that, but kind of interesting, isn't it? I think you could sort of almost see, not the writing on the wall, but I had read an article maybe three weeks ago from the Boston Globe where they talked about Dombrowski. This is sort of what you bring him in for like this with Detroit, with, with, with his track record, he's going to be able to assemble a team that can win a world series, but there will be some damage long-term because you are going to have to give up assets to develop that team. And you look at Detroit, the Detroit team that he had, you know, when the Red Sox were beating Detroit in 2013 to make it to the world series, you know, that was a really good Tigers team that won a couple of AL Central titles and now, you know, are not not a laughing stock, but are not very good. They are not a very good team and they don't really have much coming up either. And that's kind of I think you could maybe see do we do we want this guy to still be his hand to still be on the tiller to make some of these big decisions with Mookie Betts, with JD Martinez, all that stuff. And apparently John Henry and company said, No, we're we're good. And I, I don't disagree with you. I think, uh, you know, I think their farm system, I'll call it, is not ravaged, so to speak, but it probably is at best middle of the pack, somewhere in that range. But probably you're right. I, I, you probably with his kind of mo you didn't want him at the controls to to get rid of the rest of the guys that are in that system and yeah. because especially with devers and bogarts and bets if they sign bets i mean in ben Attendee, you know I, i'm not sure about bradley but but at the end of the day certainly those four I, I, you know early to mid 20s and so you know i, I you're going to need guys coming up behind them yeah it's a phenomenal core in the fields and at the plate it's just going to be figuring out that mound piece and then not having much financial flexibility to do so because they've got so much money tied in with price and sale. And even Evaldi, you know, they have a lot of money tied in with some guys that are, are older and banged up. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they maneuver. Thankfully, baseball does not have a salary cap. This, this is, there are no financial fair play rules. You have to pay the luxury tax. You're the Red Sox. You print money. It's that, I think that's the one, if there's a silver lining to all of this as a Red Sox fan, it's like, you know what? This season stinks and they're going to have some tough decisions to make, but at least they don't have, it's not the NBA where you've, you've locked in 
a couple of guys who now aren't any good for you anymore, and it's going to be really tough to get out. It's not like John Wall is sitting there, and you have no way to get out of his contract. At least they've got some flexibility in that sense. So I'm going to, I'm going to sit on that side of the fence. Plus, we have all these rings from the last 15 years or so to worry about. I mean, I you know, I, I, I find myself really rooting for Dave St. Peter's Club with the Twins. I mean, that's a fun team. Go. And you know what? I, I, it, for the Twins fans, and a lot of them obviously are around us every single day, I, I'm 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 hopeful that they can uh, they can have a nice little run in the playoffs as well. And I know that it seems like they always get the Yankees to some degree. So, uh, and that yeah, may happen sure. again. It may happen again. <laughs> Probably <laughs> may happen again. How, what did you? What did you, what is your thoughts on on AB? So on Saturday morning, when this was all going down, I'm getting ready to go into the Fargo Dome and my phone starts blowing up of people saying, hey, you know, this is he's going to the Patriots. And I immediately said, there, there's no way that New England is going to touch this man from what we've seen from him over the course of the last three or four months. And we, we've talked about this from the feet to the helmet to almost punching his GM in the face to all this stuff, all the things that you were so happy not to be dealing with. I didn't want to deal with that and didn't think that the Patriots would be interested at all because it seemed like he was crazy. And then the second they sign him, they're like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I can, I can, I can go with that. Cause you, you, you just, you think about the good things that he brings to the table and, and try to convince yourself that this is all crazy, like a Fox stuff. And he was just doing this to get out of Oakland. Yeah. And I think uh, for, you forgot the air balloon too, he came in on. So <laughs> there was that too, but I, I think he tried to really get himself out of there. I, I mean, I think that's really what it is. Right. And so he, tr- yeah, he tried to get himself out and, and really the Patriots have him perfectly. They don't have to deal with anything off season. They don't have any training camp. Now it's just games. I, I mean, it's perfect. And you know, I listened to Michael Lombardi's uh, pod. And he was good. I mean, he just said he'll replace Gronk. He'll be that third receiver over. And Brady loves between the uh, hashes, and he loves to go over the middle. And he he will. I mean, he'll 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 be a good soldier. You watch because the Patriots it doesn't matter. They <laughs> they don't. If he acts up, I mean, if if he uh, Facebook lives. In, in the locker room, my guess is that'll be his last locker room appearance. That's that's it. I mean, that's the nice thing. Like, they'll just cut him, and they're going to be fine. I, they proved last night they won thirty three to three, and and it could have been. I mean, they settled for a lot of field goals there at different times. Could have been a lot worse. I mean, their offense is going to be just fine with or without him. But he just takes them to a whole nother level. And here's another thing too. And this was something that. It almost feels like Belichick is doing this almost to, obviously to add a huge asset to your team and a very talented player and another number one receiver with, you know, Edelman and with Josh Gordon, who looked really good last night and all their other weapons. But they've almost they've prevented the Chiefs from getting him and they've prevented maybe any other contender from getting this guy. And obviously, if he acts up and they cut him, then he's out back there again. But that almost sometimes like you've you've prevented a team that really could be a true threat to you winning a title from adding a piece that could put them over the top. Isn't it better just to have him on your team and they're not paying him nearly what a number one receiver should make. And they always keep that little slush money that they don't spend on free agents ready for a situation like this. And now too, let's say he has a good season and he walks away. They're going to get a compensatory pick. They're going to get a third rounder for him. Like they just have this so figured out. It's just unbelievable how much, they are just two steps ahead of everybody. 
gosh, I'm so glad they're my team. It's unbelievable. They're, they're two steps ahead <laughs> and they've won games. So they have the ability to do that, do something that no one else in the league had the ability to do really. And now in, in now and, and, and Brown's put himself in a position that he, he has, he needs the Patriots more than the Patriots need him. Honestly, it's, it's very true. Because if he's if he's going to get paid next year, now you like you said, he does have to prove that he is a a normal human being and still a good football player, and he's got a chance to do it on the best team in the league. No doubt, no mm. doubt. So, anyways, it, you know what? It is what it is. It's sorry, a long sorry, season. Bill. Well, here's the other thing: <laughs> is I, the one thing I do know about football is, uh, you know, we'll see if Brady makes it the whole year. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, you know, the, like all those teams. You're one injury away from you know uh, you know Antonio Brown being sad because he can't get the ball from someone. I don't even know who your backup quarterback is. Uh, his name is Jared Stidham. He's a rookie. How would you feel Auburn. about him at the controls? Not was that it, I'm wishing no, ill. No, of course not. Of, well, you've already played us, so of course, of course, you know that's moving on. But um, if Gardner Minshew can look halfway decent as an NFL quarterback, the guy that stepped in for Nick Foles yesterday. You know, I mean, they liked Stidham in the preseason. He looked okay. Obviously, I would rather have the greatest quarterback of all time under center than a rookie from Auburn that has zero NFL experience. Uh, they obviously felt good enough about him to let Brian Hoyer go. So that's that's one nice thing about it. I, the crazy thing is, when you think back a couple of years ago when Brady was suspended for the first handful of games and they, had, they threw out Garoppolo and then Garoppolo got hurt and it had to be Jacoby Brissett in his rookie season out of North Carolina State, they still won all those games. I think they went either 4-0 and or 3-1 and with that group in there just because the talent around him is going to be so good. So hopefully we don't ever have this conversation and Brady's fine throughout the season, but he is 42 and, you know, it, he's lost his starting center and Shaq Mason, who's one of the better guards in football, went down last night with an, you know, an injury that maybe is going to last a couple of weeks. You know, there's a possibility that he gets beat up a little bit, but I think, they, I think they'll be fine. Honestly, I think they're just too good. That they, they could even overcome something like Tom Brady, at least for a portion of time. The, you know, Brady and Belichick have been ridiculous for sure, obviously over two decades. But the 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 right there, probably at least on the on, they might be in the bronze medal stand. Are are the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins? <laughs> I mean, I, I so I don't know who's in the gold and the silver, but those three are all in the bronze, getting them just just because they've allowed the Patriots really. A six and zero record, maybe, maybe a five and one record, maybe each year. Yeah, for most of the most of the last two decades, those teams have all been pretty bad. I mean, that's it's and and they they, they and if you watched Week One, I mean, the Dolphins are absolutely a mess, and the Bills and Jets was a tremendous pillow fight yesterday. That just it's been fun to see those two franchises continue to try and adapt and change and honestly like you know buffalo made the postseason a couple of years ago like they've sort of lucked their way or, or stumbled their way into postseason berths over this run but they're just not legitimate football teams like they're just bad part football of it teams. is the patriot fans will say that they forced them to do this to be that bad <laughs> i get that but boy they've not stuck with anything at some stage of the game and yeah. just uh even when they've made some sort of a little you know with the sanchez years where they made back-to-back i think afc championship games uh, they haven't been able to sustain. Yeah. So I just, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, all that to be said way too much on Antonio Brown. I mean, I, good luck. <laughs> still happy, still happy with our decision, quote unquote, and away we go. Good luck. I thought uh, Al Michaels had the line of the day though, last night though, 
he just said he came into TF Green Airport and he said, good thing he didn't have to go through baggage claim because he's got uh, a lot of baggage. <laughs> Al had some good ones last night. I, I will say, if I'm going to sit through a blowout game, you know, I want Al Michaels alongside me because he's going to make it. He's going to make it testing, testing his uh, stand up last night a little was, bit, you know? Yes, Try yes. the veal. I'll be here all week. <laughs> he's still my favorite. I mean, Al's in his late 70s right now. I mean, Al called the Miracle on Ice game 40 years ago. And he still has, I mean, other than just a couple little things now and then where he, he switches up some names or whatever, he still has his fastball 95% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's pretty dang good. Yeah. Yep. He's really good. Well, other than that, do, when does the Premier League start back up again? Yeah. So we didn't have soccer to talk about this week because there, it's an international break. But thankfully, Saturday, come, come this weekend, EPL's back. So just, just a one week off. And now we're back and rolling coming up this weekend. So thankfully... It, it just the weekends feel so different when you don't have it in your life. It's crazy. No question. And then the other piece of it, and I'll, I'll end with this, but it is crazy that that sport, even in their breaks, they're still playing. They're still playing. You know, right. so your your better players are still playing. You know, so they really don't get a break. You know, I mean, oh man, an international break is like the biggest misnomer because it's these guys travel. I mean, for for so Christian Pulisic, for example, who plays for Chelsea. You know, he was playing for the U.S. against Mexico on a Friday night, you know, traveling halfway across the world to go play in this in this friendly game just as a tune. And then he's got to fly back across the Atlantic to play the next week in a competitive match. And it's just uh, it's really funny. Yeah, it, there is no such thing as a break in the world of soccer. You don't get a break in the summer. You don't get a break in the winter. You just you just are always playing. No so, doubt. We'll see. Spurs get Crystal Palace. Good luck this weekend. Well, we'll be all right. We're going to get it done. We, 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 so. <laughs> we will be fine. Good bounce back. Good bounce back on the way. And that's we're hoping for a bounce back for a lot of our teams coming up this weekend. Big game on Saturday, 4 o'clock at the Alaris, UND Sam Houston State. Looking forward to that. A lot of good stuff coming your way. Uh, Bill, always always a pleasure. Enjoy the week, my friend. Sounds good, Alex. Let's uh, let's crank up the Alaris this weekend. Yes, that's the hope. For Bill Shaves, for Cassie Niles, our producer, I'm Alex Siner. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 